Hi, I'm Kalena Tano. And I'm Jane Frischia. And this is On the Other Foot, a no-holds-barred look at the world of dance. Each week, we bring you a podcast on nutrition, lifestyle, and mental health for regular people who happen to dance. Every Tuesday, we're going to take on a topic in the dance world that isn't spoken about enough and approach it honestly for our listeners. Isn't that nice of us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of On the Other Foot. Uh, we are so excited to have Jordan Nicole Tilton on the pod today. Um, Kalena and I have both been following Jordan for a while, and we've been so inspired by her as a dancer, uh, but also as a podcaster, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, so my first introduction to Jordan was when she danced with the National Choreographers Institute, uh, which is a summer company run by uh, my dean, Molly Lynch. Uh, since then, I followed her on Instagram, and I've watched as she started Ballet to Business, which is her podcast, and personally, it really inspired me, especially as we started our podcast and blog endeavor. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Ballet to Business is Jordan's podcast, like I said, uh, where she has spotlights dancers who are also entrepreneurs. Um, Jordan actually interviewed Carly Topazio's company, um, the Rosenbox Project. She interviewed Carly herself, uh, but that's a summer company Carly runs. Um, and Kalina and I used to dance uh, at City Ballet of San Diego with Carly, so we kind of have a few connections here and there, but basically she's been on my radar for a while. So anyway, Jordan is a former dancer uh, with San Francisco Ballet and a current dancer with Diablo Ballet and just an all-around inspiring human. So we'll be talking to her about her podcast and a bit about her recovery from injury. So without further ado, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So first off, we're interviewing you today because we connected through your own podcast, Ballet to Business. What was your inspiration when you first started your project and how do you feel you've been able to live out that vision so far? Oh man, well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, first yeah. of all. Yeah, we're um, so excited you're here. Oh yes. man, it was such a treat. And I, you know, I've been incredibly inspired by you both. Um, it makes me so happy to uh, witness a younger generation talking about these topics that are kind of like taboo in the ballet world and the way that you are addressing them so openly, um, I think gives me a lot of hope. So thank you so much for what you do. Um, and as far as ballet to business, man, it's been it's been such a whirlwind. I think um, the process in coming to where I am now with the podcast it it really started actually with me exploring um, a side business for myself so when I was dancing for San Francisco Ballet um, as we'll talk about later I've had a series of injuries and when I would get injured I was like okay I can't use my feet right now so what can I do <laughs> that'll keep me inspired and um, create like have an outlet for my creativity. And I grew up really loving um, interior design and home decor. And I witnessed my mom just like pull out a paintbrush and paint things and just transform things. So I started doing that uh, for my friends and for myself. I'd find like pieces of furniture and revamp them. So I started this side business while I was dancing for San Francisco Ballet called Renove. And um, I danced like, or I'd um, repaint pieces of furniture for other dancers in the company too. So, and then that led me down the path of creating a blog. 
um, where I just, it felt like scrapbooking to me, which was what I loved doing as a little girl as well. And it kind of, through that process, I began to think like, wow, you know, when ballet comes into your life at such a young age, all these other interests that you had um, really get pushed to the wayside. Like for me, the interior design and scrapbooking and like, um, I I just didn't have time to uh, cultivate those other interests and passions. So um, I thought like, are there other dancers who are also exploring other sides of themselves? Um, and I came to realize and discover through um, meeting other friends who had side businesses, for example, like Jordan Fry of um, Ballet West. She has a baking business called Ballerina Baker. And I went to uh, my brother-in-law's wedding and she had made all their cakes. <laughs> so I, yeah, it was really cool. And I, I was like, okay, wow, there are other dancers who are also exploring business. And so in the summer of 2018, I went along with this idea of I want to highlight these dancers because I found for myself with my own side business, it's it can be pretty lonely. Um, and you wonder, like, does this even matter? <laughs> does yeah. anyone even care, <laughs> like, what I'm doing on the side that I'm so passionate about? And that never stopped me from, like, continuing on. But I think, like, when – I received just a little bit of recognition. It really fueled me to keep going. Uh, it was almost like a confirmation of like, hey, you're doing something amazing. Like I see you and what you're doing and I want to uh, tell you to keep going. So uh, that's kind of my impetus to in that summer of 2018, I would highlight uh, dancers who started their own businesses like Jordan Fry of Ballerina Baker, my sister-in-law, Allison DeBona of Art Emotion, like, and I would just surprise them. Like, I wouldn't even tell them <laughs> I was going to do this, but I would like write up a blog post about them. And so over that summer, I... Uh, highlighted 25 dancers uh, who started their own side businesses. And when I was doing it, though, I also was really starting to get into listening to podcasts. And I was like, wow, this is such a cool medium, like a, a really cool platform to actually hear someone's voice and have them tell their story. Because I was telling their stories through my own writing and pictures and stuff on my blog but I felt like I really thought the most authentic way to like encapsulate what I wanted to do would be to have the entrepreneurs tell their stories for themselves and I thought there's no other platform like podcasting to be able to do that um so that I think was a big part of my connecting the dots to get to actually creating this the podcast um but a big inspiration for me too has been this idea of uh in ballet I think that there's this notion that if you don't reach a certain level then all the work that you put in was for nothing and I completely disagree with that mentality because I think that there are character traits that ballet having um 
this focus in committing yourself to this art form, you grow in character traits that even if you don't continue to pursue it um, as a career or uh, further on in your life, like those character traits you'll take for you, with you for the rest of your life. And that's what I have been really wanting to advocate is that um, dancers are so capable of going to build something beyond the studio because they have these character traits that will help them do that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, so much of what you said can be like reciprocated by the way that we feel about our podcast too. And even when we were talking just before we like started recording, um, even just hearing other creators and like other people who are doing stuff is so like makes you feel I don't know it makes you feel very not alone and like there are other people out there who share the same experiences with you and you know a lot of times I feel that way about school and like oh my gosh nobody else is doing school I'm the only person who's doing school but like there are so many dancers out there who are dancing and doing school at the same time and managing that and the same for dancers who are trying to get side business businesses done on the side like everybody has something else going on because the reality is that a lot of times we need to have something else going on or we need some other passion projects because not only are we not making as much as like maybe a lawyer or a doctor but like we also have just as artists ourselves always a craving to like make more and do more and like create even more so I think that so many people have been drawn to that and when you do it yourself you kind of feel like not like I'm the only one that's doing this but like feeling very like oh my gosh I'm the only one going through this and the only one trying to make this work when really those experiences are like super relatable so yeah <laughs> yeah no it's for sure been um I know that your, your podcast, Belly to Business, has opened up my eyes to the fact that there are a lot more dancers who are able to kind of um, like control their lifestyle a bit more. Because I think what you're saying when you're in ballet for such a long time, you, at least it's my personal experience that at times I felt I've really surrendered everything to it. I surrendered my childhood to it. I surrendered high school to it. And I've surrendered college to it. Um, and I personally struggled a lot with, uh, the idea of, oh God, well, how, how will I ever make money doing this? Yes, I love it, but how will I ever? And so it's really comforting to know, like, there are not so many, but there are really motivated dancers who are able to kind of surrender themselves to ballet, but also control their lives through creating with the other passions they have and being allowed to have those other passions. Um, so yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, so moving on a little bit, you've had a lot of great guests on your podcast, a lot of people who have inspired me because they all dance and all have their own businesses. Um, do you find yourself taking knowledge from them in interviews and bringing it with you in everyday life? Um, just how, how do your interviews affect you after you know you turn off the the mic yeah it, I would say it has been so surprising to me because I went in with this idea of 
I can't wait to share um, these stories and create this platform to spotlight and highlight these <laughs> dancers and give them a little bit more like um, uh, like have people maybe who haven't known them know them in a different way or people who have seen their business um, actually get to know the who behind the what. So I went in with that kind of mindset of that is what inspired me to do what I'm doing. But I've been so surprised that, you know, at the time in which I created the podcast, I was coming back from surgery and I didn't know how much I needed to hear these stories of other dancers who were so vulnerable in sharing their process of injury as well for some of them and um, these really hard times in their life and they have something that I didn't have which was perspective Um, and the way in which I saw the dots in their story connect and it it made me see that there's a bigger picture beyond what I'm currently going through right now And so hearing the stories um, was really encouraging to me in the process of my healing uh, from my surgery. So I did not expect that that would be the case going into this endeavor, but I am so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really incredible because it just speaks to the way that dancers continue to build community. I know we were talking to someone we had on about that, but dancers are just very good at building community. Um, But I especially liked what you said about connecting the dots between people's stories because a lot of times you hear, you know, not to compare yourself because everyone's on a different path, but really the best way to break down that thought process of comparing yourself is to hear more people's stories so you really get it in your head how different everyone's path is because I think once you have a better understanding of where many people have come from you are more likely to be kinder to yourself and where you have come from and so I really I really resonate with that but that's incredible that it it just came to you or obviously you worked very hard to create it, but it really came to you in a moment when you needed it most. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, I can relate to that a lot with interviews that we've done. I mean, we don't have the biggest platform on the earth because we're just two college students who happen to dance, who are trying to create like a platform from scratch. But even just interviewing our friends and people that we know, and classmates and things like that we learn so much about similar things that we go through because in reality even if you've known somebody for like four years like that's probably not very much of their lifetime and they have so much more going on and sometimes you don't really realize how much people have been through that's similar to you and when I know that when we talked to Karen Wing and we talked to her about transitioning from college to dancing, there was a lot that she said that was very relatable in relation to going to auditions and fearing the future and being very nervous about things that really happen years years away and just already being um, anxious about those things. And when we talked to Candy Tong about her experiences getting offers and having to hold back because she wanted to finish school that was very relatable for us and even just talking to Miko Fogarty and hearing the experience of 
you know, constantly battling with how you feel about ballet and things like that. And from like people as not small, but people as close to us as our really close friends to people like Miko Fogarty that we meet over our interview and just happen to get the chance to meet with her. You learn so much. It doesn't really matter how well you know somebody, you can always learn like more from them, which I think is something that has been super interesting to learn from podcasting. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it, it, for me, you know, I, I started off interviewing people that I knew before like cold mm-hmm. emailing people and kind yeah. of putting myself out there a little bit more. Um, and it was really surprising to me, like uh, interviewing one of my former colleagues at San Francisco Ballet who started On Point Wines. Her name is uh, Alexandra Newman. And the way in which she talked about kind of what she was feeling and the mental process that she went through when she first joined San Francisco Ballet, I was like, I would have never known that. I witnessed you, you know, like I, I, I watched you in the company and I would, I never knew that you felt that way. And so I think it's, it's been so beautiful when we are able to share our stories with one another because not only is there there this like not alone feeling like especially when going through like body image injury like just wondering if you should continue pursuing dance like um and and sometimes when you're going through those really tough points you it makes you feel alone but when you hear other people say, I've been through that too, um, it there's something really comfort, comforting about like sympathizing with someone and feeling understood. And I think that's the coolest thing too is like uh, there's almost this like like when I when I get to talk with you both, it's mm-hmm. I don't have to explain myself <laughs> in a way in which I when I'm being interviewed by someone who knows nothing about ballet, um, it's a completely different uh, level of comfortability. And I think what I've loved about being able to talk to other dancers is they also feel like they don't have to explain themselves. Like they don't have to talk about how weird the ballet culture is because you've been in it and you know what it's like. Um, and so there's this like level of like a sigh of relief and you can almost be even more yourself because there's a big part of you that's understood by somebody else. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, really. Like, oh, okay, just saw a tweet last night and it was just in all caps. It said, stop normalizing dance majors. And so I definitely relate to that feeling of like when you meet, people that aren't dancers you have this automatic like defense up of like oh god am I gonna have to be like no it's really hard yes I really do this yes it's like that and no it is great to have a space when you don't have yeah. like that <laughs> yeah because it's really tiring but also um it's also great that where was I going with this? You you said something that reminded me. I was, I don't know, I think I was like 15 or 16 when I first heard like a professional dancer tell me there was a point in their life where they didn't know if they should pursue dance or if they should keep dancing or stop. Um, 
And I remember hearing that and like you're saying, feeling relieved, feeling liberated almost in a way. And that in itself kept me going because you have to hear other people's stories to kind of be like, oh, okay, like this is normal what I'm thinking and they made it through this and I can too. Um, And so I know when I listen to Ballet to Business, I get a nice sense of that a nice well they did this so I can too and I hope that when people listen to on the other foot they get a sense of well this happened to that person so if it happens to me I can make it through as well yeah yeah really so with that we are going to throw it to our mid-episode break so we are just gonna run a couple ads here and then we will get back to this interview in just a second Hey everybody, Kalena here. Before we keep going with this amazing interview, let's take a quick break to talk about On the Other Foot. I know, as if we haven't talked about it enough. On the Other Foot is currently entirely run and produced by two college students and funded by the little change in our piggy banks, as well as the generosity of our guests and contributors. If you'd like to support On the Other Foot, consider making a contribution by becoming a supporter through Anchor. You can become a supporter today by navigating to our Anchor page and clicking support this podcast. Your contribution supports conversations between dancers, teachers, and all regular people who are a part of the On the Other Foot community. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of this episode. All right, so now that we're back from our break, uh, we are going to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty with podcasting because I'm sure that we share a ton of experiences. So what are some challenges that you have faced at the start and How did you combat them? Or if there's still a challenge, what helps you to keep your head up against the challenge? Yeah, I I definitely uh, was really intimidated to start podcasting simply from the fact that I I guess I had told myself like tech is not for you. (laughs) Like (laughs) you're not going to be able to figure out all this audio like um, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's this limiting belief that I had that I just would be overwhelmed with the mics and the audio and <laughs> recording and everything. Um, and I think it was just because it was an unknown and I, I realized that and I, I told myself, well, what can I do to make myself feel more comfortable about this because I didn't want that to hold me back from sharing these stories that I felt so passionate about sharing. And I, I felt really honored to steward the, um, so I ended up, um, choosing to like invest in myself and I, uh, took a course on podcasting. So I took, uh, the power up podcasting course by Pat Flynn, Uh, and to, yeah, to me, I, I really needed that because I was like, I want someone to walk me through the, the process that I feel so intimidated by. And I was grateful because, you know, he laid out, okay, this is a mic you can buy. That's inexpensive. This is how you can get started really easily in GarageBand. Like, and, and here's how you can organize your files. Like, uh, everything down to the details he walked people who were interested in starting podcasts through and even though like yes it cost me money right but I think that I 
I'm okay with that now in my life because I sometimes think that you need to take that effort to like invest in yourself and in knowledge that you can gain from other people, especially if it's something that really intimidates you and could potentially hold you back. Like, uh, so I would say that once I gained that knowledge from him, I really felt more confident in being able to do this because it had been taught to me. And I do, I mean, I do think though that with every interview though, you're constantly learning, like constantly learning how to steward a a conversation and, and how to, um, interact with your, your guests. And, uh, I was intimidated at first actually, because my very first interview, um, was with a girl that I had met over Instagram. So I'd never actually met her in like real life versus my other guests after her, I had known personally. So even there was even that kind of intimidation of like, um, just not really knowing someone, but we had just so much fun. And after that first interview, even though I was incredibly nervous, and I felt like I was going to throw up and I had all those tech issues of muting myself for 15 minutes of our conversation, like not figuring out how to do. And I, I thought I'd set myself up so perfectly. And I think that's the thing too, is you really just, I've learned that I just need to roll roll with it and learn along the way. And it's okay. Like there's something about being a perfectionist in some way where you feel like you have to have all the pieces together in order to start. And if I've learned anything from hearing other people's stories, it's you just got to get started, like start. And then you'll learn along the way as you go and be okay with yourself in that process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I definitely. Sometimes it's a wonder to me, Kalen and I did start because we are such perfectionists (laughs) in that way where we're like, absolutely not. But somehow, I don't know, we decided. Yeah, somehow it worked out. I don't know. I, I am like a hopeless perfectionist, like to an embarrassing degree. And somehow I managed to get through all of these things. And me, me also, I didn't know anything about podcasting or recording audio or anything like that the only I think even close contact that I had made with any sort of audio was I took a digital media class for one semester in high school and for one of our projects we had to like take the sound off of a movie clip so we took a we took the sound off of a clip from Zoolander and then we had to voice over it and then we had to like line it up and it was like the funniest thing and everybody's crying laughing in class because it was like me and my classmates like voicing over (laughs) like (laughs) Zoolander that's so good (laughs) it was really funny but that's that's the biggest experience that I've ever gotten and it really was like we used the microphones on the computers in the computer lab it was not professional at all but I kind of just did a ton of research like I'm the kind of person that will like watch YouTube videos and look up articles and like read and binge watch tutorials for hours until I know something. And that's kind of how I did it. And then after that, it was kind of like trial and error. Like I would text Jane, okay, um, this episode, I'm going to try this. I hope that's okay. And then we get on the episode and it does not work at all. I have to switch back everybody I have to be like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm just gonna fix this really quick I'm sorry and 
just that over and over for so many different interviews. But I feel like each one we do, we have it a little more down, a little learned a little bit more. And sometimes when things go wrong, especially with the audio, like if there's a really bad echo or really weird noises the whole time, that actually helps me a little bit because I have to figure out how to fix it. And then if it happens again, I know that now, which I didn't know before. So I've really learned a lot. It really is true. Like you are not going to learn really what's in store until you actually start doing it. Because no matter how many times you test things and try things out, when you, it's like, it's like from studio to stage, practicing, testing, fixing things, rehearsing the process, but then you get into the real thing and it's like completely different and all the adrenaline is there. <laughs> it's just like, turns into something very crazy, but it ends up working out. And yeah, I've learned a lot. And thank sure. goodness for Kalena and the fact that she has her personality <laughs> like that, where she will just dive into something until she's basically an expert. Because while I am a focused person, that's not totally my method of like <laughs> learning, but that's what we needed in order to get started. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Lately, podcasting has been my thing. Developing my podcasting skills has been my procrastination um task so i've gotten a lot of it done in the past couple weeks with school starting back up so <laughs> so yeah the more school i have the better my podcasting gets because i w would much prefer to be doing this <laughs> yeah oh it's me hi sorry it is you <laughs> it's like, your oh, turn to all say you something. See, you have to steward a conversation like Jordan is saying, and sometimes you get so wrapped up in the cool thing being said that you forget that you're stewarding the conversation. Um, so getting back to Jordan, um, we wanted to know, and this is going to be a broad question, but we wanted to know like, how you think podcasting has changed you overall as a person um, since we've been talking about like the details of it you have to like you were saying you have to put yourself out there and cold email people which is something that we've started doing you have to schedule things which is always a struggle um and you have to try and like consistently market yourself and consistently um reach out to people and it, there's just a lot going into it so we kind of want to know how it's impacted you day to day yeah i would say that it, it was a surprise at all the um, behind the scenes work, you know, like, and I think that's, it, it's, it's what we have grown up with as well in ballet. It's like when you go and see a performance, you know, if you're uneducated, it, it looks graceful. It looks easy. Uh, and you don't realize um, that there are people running around like maniacs backstage and it takes a whole village and <laughs> and also you've put in hours upon weeks upon months of work to get this um, performance up and running. So um, I think that at first, you know, the idea of, of podcasting and when I wanted to get into it, I just had been listening to so many that I, I, I loved the idea of it. And then when I realized all of the, the behind the scenes work, um, I was like, wow, okay, this is, this is how I need to like stay organized <laughs> and, um, how I need to like not be afraid to reach out to people. I think that's been the hardest thing for me is, um, kind of like putting yourself out there and 
it's almost like auditioning too. You know, it's like you put yourself out there and you hope that you're not going to get rejected. But, you know, if you, but if you get a no, like that's okay. It might just be a no for right now. It might not be a no forever or it might be a no for this season, but it doesn't mean that you don't try again. So I, I think that's been really a great lesson for me in that like I, I sometimes have to like, get myself really brave and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to write 15 emails today, you know, and I'm just going to like send them out. And if, if people contact me, great. And if not, like, may that not be discouraging to me and make me feel like I need to stop. Like, uh, uh, if anything, like, uh, one of my guests, uh, Allison Park was saying like, you know, dancers kind of thrive off of no's sometimes because, like the no's really do keep people going and saying like, okay, I'm going to keep going until I get a yes. And, um, so I've, I've really had to push myself out of my comfort zone in that regard. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because now I don't feel as afraid of getting a no. And I think I was at first really afraid of, because it feels like you're presenting, as a creator, you're presenting something you're so passionate about, but that doesn't mean that everyone else is going to be as equally passionate about what you're passionate about. And I, I think that's like, that's okay. You know, it's, I think that your passion for something like will keep you going through whatever obstacles may come your way. And, and even with my, my husband, like he, <laughs> when I first started podcasting, he was just like, don't, don't even try to like get me on your show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, he's like, I'm not into this. Like, I don't, I'm not really into this. Um, and I think like for myself, I had to realize like, you know, I can't put the pressure on him to be just as equally passionate about my podcast as <laughs> me. Like you're the one who's going to be the most passionate. And sometimes that's hard when you're marketing yourself because you feel like you you constantly have to be talking about your podcast. But if you don't talk about it, no one else will. And if you don't share something that you're passionate about, like you can't just expect other people to like rally behind you. Um and so, like, now, you know, I have been able to get my husband on the podcast because um, I did a poll and people were interested in hearing from him and that got him on. But um, <laughs> the people need to the know. The people demanded it. The people, yeah. You can't run away from the people. Yeah. But it's been, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's it's given me this confidence in that I realized like I am capable of doing more. Like I can do these emails. I can schedule. I can like be organized with time management. And it's been exciting for me because um, I think, you know, when you are a dancer, sometimes it feels like that's all you can do because you've never, maybe you've never had the opportunity to try something else. And when you try something else or you're given opportunities 
to try something, you realize like, oh, I have these skills that I would have never known about myself had I not been given this opportunity or had I not created this opportunity. So I've, I've learned a lot about myself through podcasting that um, I'm grateful for. And also even just with my words, like before I started podcasting, I was like, man, I'm such a slow thinker. I'm a slow talker. Like I, I, I don't even know if I can ask good questions. Like this is, this is going to be difficult, but I think ultimately for me, it was, I really wanted to share these dancers stories. And I actually was genuinely very curious about how they started, what they started. Um, and that has kept me going through the really hard times where I've had mic issues or it's taken me like four hours to edit an episode. <laughs> and I, on a Friday night, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, it, but it's the story, I think, that I'm like, gosh, I love this story, though. I'm so excited to share it that – that's what really has kept me going um, and it has changed me. All these stories that I've heard have really impacted my life and just opened my uh, view of what dancers are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to what you said about the smooth talking because my entire life I have been a writer and only a writer. And if you've listened, if anybody has listened to these episodes of the podcast, I talk for a very long time and I never finish my sentences. And I can tell you that when I'm like cutting sound bites and things like that, I'm like hitting myself in the head like, oh my gosh, okay, I can't use that one because I didn't finish the sentence. Oh, I didn't finish the thought there either. <laughs> I'm just going on and on. So I've had to become very conscious of finishing my thoughts putting a period on things because I do it so well on paper sometimes but out loud not so much and Jane being my friend for three years now knows that I <laughs> can't tell stories and have never been able to tell stories without going off on some this direction this direction this direction this direction and Jane yeah, is laughing I, right now because he's her so much the year we were trainees together every time like, she could to tell a story but Come now stories have a beginning a middle and an end with a period that is all if it doesn't you're like i can things, write you a story. story yeah i'll yeah. write you a story i'm like i have a story to tell you i'm gonna write it down and i'll bring it in for you to read yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna start doing that little pamphlets <laughs> like it's it's your religion that you're like <laughs> evangelizing for now every new Look story what happened to me yesterday like, i'm not gonna tell this. you about it just read it yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm so but... glad that you brought that up, though, because also another thing for me is what I, when I was listening to myself talk back, it was my Southern mm -hmm. California, like, 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 oh my, like, like, that just, uh -huh. <laughs> and I Same. know you guys relate because you're both SoCal girls, so, um, I mean, I don't Painfully hear it, so. I, I don't hear it when I listen to your podcast, uh, but oh. for me, I'm like, great, I, <laughs> I can't. I have That's to great myself. because it, <laughs> my ears bleed after I finish editing every episode <laughs> because of me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. I'm glad that it's the same for everybody because sometimes I no, get through an episode is. and I will go into my mom and be like, "Listen to this part. Who taught me how to speak English?" <laughs> I'm like, "This is you taught me how to speak English." 
My mom is in the anyone anyone like, stop talking about me. With sounding like you're from California, Southern California has clearly never been here because it's beautiful and it's worth the price we pay. Yeah, with our dialect. <laughs> with our dialect. Yeah, it's yeah. Worth it. <laughs> I would not give it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so much is to be learned from this experience. It's so crazy. Definitely being able to put myself out there and hear no and hear and maybe from people that you're waiting for support from maybe you're not getting that like automatic support that you thought but also the other hand of that that's you know when we put this out I remember the day that we announced it I had to go into like company class or I went to class or something I saw people that like knew me which made me very nervous because I had just announced that I was creating a podcast (laughs) and I remember I walked in and was like oh man oh man oh man like please don't say anything to me but like also please say something to me because I'm very nervous about this and people were like oh my gosh your thing is so cool I saw it and the reaction that we got I remember clearing out the evening when we launched it when we launched the Instagram so that I could watch it and be like okay 10 followers that's cool 15 followers oh my gosh I didn't even think that 15 people would follow us in the beginning (laughs) on our like new account that we created and just there have been so many things that there's no way that we could have predicted them positive things negative things in between things there are things that there's no way that we could have gotten these experiences without doing this so it's been even thinking we'd still be doing it five months in is kind of crazy oh yeah we were like oh we're going to use this service and it's fine because yeah, it's like a three month thing, but we're honestly, this is probably going to last like two months anyways. So yeah, we'll just do the two month free trial and then that'll be it. And then we got it two months in and we're like, um, so, uh, that thing, are we going to keep doing it? Because we have to pay for it now (laughs) and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been so fun. And I'm really glad that we have a lot of things in common with our experiences because sometimes it really does feel like oh my gosh I must be the worst person in the world at this because I sound awful and the audio sounds awful and I have to spend 10 hours editing this episode because I messed this one thing up and yeah to hear that that is not I'm not the only person we are not the only podcast that goes through that is very comforting (laughs) to say the least yeah your perspective has definitely been a joy (laughs) oh yeah for sure so At that point, we are going to cut off our first episode. So this is the end of part one of this interview. However, we are going to be having a part two. So make sure that you stick around and listen to that one as well. And thanks for listening to this part one with Jordan Nicole Tilton. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan Nicole H and subscribe to Ballet to Business everywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and listen in next week to hear part two of this interview. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of On the Other Foot. We want to connect with you on days other than Tuesday, so be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at otherfoot.pod. And visit our website to learn more about how On the Other Foot started and join our mailing list. If you have any questions for me and Jane or would like to suggest a topic or guest, email us at ontheotherfoot.podcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us. We want to offer you all discount codes and annoy you with sponsorship ads, and we cannot do that unless you subscribe. So please, do it now.
And above all, thanks for listening. It really means a lot to us. We hope you tune in to On the Other Foot next week for more conversation on the world of dance.